0: All right, I'd like to call the February 13th, 2023 general meeting of the Shoreline City Council to order. Will you please join me in the flag salute? pledge allegiance to the flag the United,
1: the United States of America. America, and to, and to the, the republic, republic
0: for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Will the clerk please call the roll? Mayor Scully? Present. And I, there's quite an yep. echo. Can we...
2: This, I think the echo has gone now.
0: M- much better, thank you.
2: Okay, so Mayor
3: Scully, present, Deputy Mayor Robertson, here, Councilmember Ramsdale, Councilmember Mark, here, Councilmember McConnell, here, Councilmember
2: Povey. here, Councilmember Council Roberts, here.
0: Councilmember Ramsdale contacted me and asked me to be excused. Is there, it asked that we excuse him. Is there a motion?
4: I move that we excuse Council Member Ramsdell for personal reasons. Second.
0: Anyone opposed? All right, Councilmember Ramsdell is excused for personal reasons. Next up is approval of the agenda. Are there any questions or to requested changes to the agenda? Seeing none, the agenda is adopted unanimously. Next up is report of the City Manager, Mr. Ellington. Or are you, are, are you doing it, Mr. Norris? Yes, I'll be filling in
5: okay. for Mr. Ellington tonight. And good evening, Mayor and Council. John Norris, Assistant City Manager. Uh, Just a few items tonight, uh, starting with um, the Shoreline CityWise project. The city is offering its popular CityWise project again this year. This is a series of eight online sessions that will provide participants an overview of city government and operations. CityWise is free of charge and open to residents, employees, business owners, and students age 16 and older in Shoreline. In addition to the eight online sessions, there's an opportunity for in-person field trips as well once classes get underway. And you can get more information about the CityWise project and apply um, by going on to the city's website at shorelinewa.gov citywise. And applications need to be uh, accepted for CityWise by February 21st. And a reminder that we are looking for community projects uh, that address the city's environmental priorities for our environmental mini-grants. Individuals, groups, and businesses can apply for grants of up to $5,000 until February 28th for projects that either prepare for uh, our community for climate change impacts, protect and restore natural habitats, reduce fossil fuel use, and bring us closer to zero waste. And you can learn more about the environmental grants and find the application for that grant program at shorelinewa.gov. Slash environmental mini grant and in the shoreline uh, the green shoreline partnerships uh, program is hosting two events in our parks in the next couple of weeks on Saturday February 18th volunteers will be removing invasive plants at Richmond Beach Saltwater Park from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. and on Sunday February twenty-sixth, you can join your neighbors to help restore Twin Ponds Park from 2 to 4 p.m. Uh, you uh, you can register uh, for those events um, and find links and more about the Green Shoreline Partnership uh, at shorelinewagovernor slash calendar. And our home improvement workshops are coming back as well this year. So lots of events coming up. Uh, you can join us at City Hall for our spring home improvement workshops on March 28th, April 25th, and May 23rd. And each workshop will be from 6 to 8 p.m., you can reserve an appointment with a technical reviewer to help with questions regarding your house, your property, uh, land uses and streets, along with city requirements and permit information. Uh, so to schedule an appointment, you can visit shorelinewa.gov slash home uh, Appointments are still available uh, uh, for the April and May dates, and there are a few appointments left for the March 28th session. So if March 28th is the date you'd like to do, please go onto the website uh, soon because those are filling up. We're also hosting a vendor fair on each date and permitting 101 session on the basics of residential permitting and shoreline. And no appointment is needed for those opportunities. So definitely come on out. Uh, We would love to have you attend the home improvement workshops. And in recognition of President's Day, uh, City Hall and the Richmond Highlands Rec Center will be closed uh, on Monday, February 20th. That's next Monday. Uh, The Spartan Rec Center, however, will be open and operating on its regular schedule on President's Day. And then also due to the holiday, the City Council will not meet on February 20th. The next City Council meeting will be held Monday, February 27th. Uh, the Planning Commission's next meeting will be on Thursday, February 16th at 7 p.m. in the Council Chamber and online via Zoom. And the Parks, Recreation, Cultural Services slash Tree Board will meet on Thursday, February 23rd at 7 p.m. in City Hall Conference Room 303 and also online via Zoom and to see meeting agendas uh, when they are published, and to learn more about those upcoming meetings, you can visit
0: trulinewa.gov slash calendar. And Mayor, that's all I have tonight. Thank you, Mr. Norris. Next up are council reports. Are there any council reports this evening? Deputy Mayor.
4: Thank you. Um, last week, I attended the North King County Coalition on Homelessness meeting, and as always, we start that meeting with an update on the Oaks facility, which continues to operate at full capacity um, also celebrating recent exits into permanent housing for their residents. Um, they are working very hard to get their kitchen upgraded, To it, but it's an expensive and complicated upgrade, as you can imagine. Um, they are looking to not only improve the quality and experience of food and dining there, but also be able to provide workforce training and other programs at the facility for their residents. So the anticipated cost of that is about 75 dollars thousand dollars. They have 55 so there's still a gap and I just wanted to put that out there in case anybody in the city or anyone is aware of uh, funding opportunities um, that could go towards the Oaks and that particular effort. We also got an update on the uh, King County Regional Housing Authority five-year plan uh, that they are still going through the revision process and receiving lots and lots of feedback from stakeholders, um, as you can imagine. So we'll keep you updated on that process. The last thing I want to note, and I just got this information today, um, and so I think it's worth noting, although there is some discrepancy on when applications were due, uh, KCHRA is creating a Youth Action Board, and they are looking (laughs) for youth members, Washington State uh, youth who have lived experience um, of homelessness, And would be willing to serve and enjoy some of the training and other opportunities that will be provided by being on their Youth Action Board. Um, It is a compensated position and I will share the information um, with the city to make sure that anyone who is interested in that uh, could learn more about it or go to KCHRA and inquire there.
0: Thank you. Thank you Deputy Mayor. Other council reports? No. I participated in a small group meeting with Senator Murray. She is now chair of the Appropriations Committee and she wanted input from local governments on what in very broad terms is working uh, in terms of federal money going to local governments and what isn't. I were five, I was one of five representatives from different cities and we all pretty much talked about housing. Um, Affordable housing particularly and my perspective on it specifically was that 30% AMI, which is housing for the folks who make the least amount of money, we're gonna need some help with that and we're probably going to have to build it, and everyone else at the table agreed with me, and I think cities throughout the region are having that experience, that we can incentivize and require 80% AMI or even 50% AMI, but when it comes for folks who are making twenty, thirty thousand dollars 30000 a year, the private market isn't going to do that, and we're going to have to find a way to, to get that housing built. So that's a conversation for this council and this next six councils to come, but I was I was pleased that everyone seemed to be on the same page, that that we're going to need some, some money from the federal government and some different ways of approaching it. Next up is public comment. It's an opportunity for members of the public to comment on anything on the agenda or of concern. We allow three minutes per speaker. I know there is one person signed up remotely, and the only member of the public present has indicated he will not be speaking personally tonight. So we have one person signed up remotely, and I believe that's it. So whenever you're ready, Ms. Simulchek-Smith.
2: Kathleen Russell is our person signed up this evening.
6: Um, Kathleen Russell, resident of Shoreline. Save Shoreline Trees has been following Washington State legislative activity on middle housing bills, House Bill 1110 and Senate Bill 5190. On Wednesday, February 9th, Senate Bill 5190 with a committee vote of six yes, two no, three without recommendation Move to the Ways and Means Committee. Some senators have concern about this bill. If a middle housing bill passes the state legislature, decisions about middle housing will be determined by the state. This will impact local tree codes. Currently, cottage housing in residential zones is being reviewed by the Shoreline Planning Commission. The existing tree code allows of the trees to be removed. And tree supporters submitted alternative tree retention and design codes. Safe Shoreline Trees hoped the commissioners would ask staff to work on a tree code that is a compromise between the existing tree code and our proposed codes. This council has provided guidelines about housing coexisting with trees. Ordinance 975 states develop regulations, meaning develop new regulations. The exact wording is develop regulations to maintain and increase Shoreline's urban tree canopy with the goal of encouraging tree retention and protection while also increasing housing opportunities and choice. We ask that everyone, council, city staff, and planning commissioners pay attention to this direction rather than maintaining existing tree code on
0: cottage housing zones. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Russell. Next up is the consent calendar. Deputy Mayor?
4: I move approval of the consent calendar.
0: Second. Will the clerk please call the vote?
3: Councilmember Mork? Aye. Councilmember McConnell? Aye. Mayor Aye. Scully?
0: Aye.
2: Deputy Mayor Robertson? Aye. Councilmember Roberts. Aye. Councilmember Ramsdale is absent. Councilmember Poby.
0: Aye. Consent calendar passes unanimously, which brings us to study item eight A, which is a discussion of the 2023 Comprehensive Plan Amendment docket.
7: It looks like Mr. Saffron is presenting. Thank you. Mayor and Council.
0: between wanting to be able to figure it out yourself (laughs) and just saying. One
7: one day I'll I'll get it. (laughs) It's only been 18 years. Okay. Thank you. So the annual DACA process, um, as councils were aware, is... um, the state growth management act does limit review of the proposed comprehensive plan amendments to no more than once per year. Um, so, to ensure the public can, um, public and the city can consider the pu- proposed amendments um, in a citywide context, um, the the state RCWs mandates that the city create a list or a docket of all the potential amendments um, f- for that year. So, the 2023 docket is really a list of amendments collected um, with a deadline of December 1st of 2022. Um, anyone may propose an amendment to the comprehensive plan and the council may add amendments up until the final docket is set. Um, all the items on the docket um, have not been evaluated and if council does approve the docket, the amendments will be studied and brought back uh, through, with review through the planning commission and um, eventually council for action, Amendment number one, this is a city-initiated amendment uh, to replace the current Parks, Recreation, Open Space, or PROS element with a new Parks, Recreation, Open Space, and Arts element called the PROSA element and the related PROSA functional plan or the PROSA master plan. The plan will establish a long-term vision of Shorelines Park, Recreation, Open Spaces, Arts, and events that will help guide how money will be spent and what services the city will offer over the next 20 years. The PROZA plan, which serves as a supporting analysis for the city's PROZA element, must be updated to align with the city's comprehensive plan uh, periodic update or the major update by, excuse me, by uh, December of 2024 uh, and meet the Growth Management Act requirements. It uh, maintains the city's eligibility for pursuing future grant funding and set park and recreation and open space policies for guiding the development of shorelines, parks, and open spaces. Um, amendments two through seven were all initiated or are all privately initiated um, proposals that include new policies related to wildlife protection, limitations on hardscape and impervious services, uh, development near shorelines, transitions between public open space and um, the 70-foot building zones, uh, they have to do with citizen participation and minimizing adverse impacts on the natural environment. Um, The Planning Commission considered the amendments and did recommend including amendment number one on the final comprehensive plan docket. And they also recommended um, taking amendments, uh, proposed amendments two through seven Um, and incorporating those into the study for the major update of the comprehensive plan, the 2024 major update, um, to be considered with other comments and suggestions from the public. Um, You know, staff staff is planning for robust participation from a wide variety of um, community members with the goal to reach residents and stakeholders that we haven't heard before when updating the um, comprehensive plan. Um, The commission believed that evaluating all the comments together will provide a more complete draft of the comprehensive plan and will allow staff and the public to consider all of the proposed changes together. Um, This will also streamline environmental review by considering the environmental impacts of the revised elements together at one time. Um, And just a... Uh, reminder for the council is um, we are currently really getting into the thick of the uh, major the 2024 major update of the comprehensive plan um, we have a public participation plan that's about ready to be launched with an online open house so um, staff is writing for that engagement kickoff with um, community vision and stakeholder engagement um, really getting into full swing so that is the presentation for tonight i'm here for any questions that you have thank you questions or comments from council deputy mayor
4: um thank you so much um yeah i i would support uh, moving forward with the recommendation that staff has given certainly yes we we definitely need to take action on not take but move amendment one um, I think when it comes to amendments two through seven, my take as I was reading all of those is that these are these are great ideas and these are value propositions, but they didn't necessarily translate to me as policy. Um, and so that's that's would be my with maybe the exception of amendment five, which had did have some very specific um, details in there. So anyway that would be that would be mine if I was going to push push this back to the Planning Commission it would be with that umbrella like yes these kind of reflect some of the values that we have I don't know how they're going to translate into policy but I do think it would be interesting to get the community's feedback to see if they um, agree with those value statements. Thank you.
0: Other questions, comments? Councillor Roberts. Thank you, Mayor. Um,
1: I do agree with, largely with the Deputy Mayor that, and with the Staff and Planning Commission recommendation, that many of the proposed amendments do seem like it would be best wrapped into the full comprehensive plan process rather than taking the time now, studying, evaluating them, and then trying to then use the, when we're already in the process of evaluating a comprehensive plan. It's, uh, in some ways, this is the nature of sort of the process that we're under that we have to do this plan, the full comprehensive plan every so often, and we're at the end of one plan, we're well underway in starting looking at the other plan, but we still have this process of collecting formal amendments sort of at the end of the plan. So we, I think we are what we are, and I think it makes sense to study all of these holistically. I would say that there's one about, there is one proposed amendment in there about public process, which, um, if on its own, I think makes sense. Um, But I think we we live this, and at least I hope we are living this uh, amendment. I would like to see this in the comprehensive plan, but I don't think we need because of the difficulty, in some ways, the difficulty of amending the comprehensive plan and the fact that we're already doing it, I don't think we need to sort of take the time now and to study that. The, um, But I, I do have a question though, and I raised this in the uh, last week about and I raised this last year, too, uh, about lo- thinking about the language in LU1, LU2, and LU3. And normally I would say, okay, we do, this is fine. And as I said earlier, <laughs> we're in the at the end of this plan. Let's evaluate this next year. But we're on our way of trying to adopt a land-use code around cottage housing and I do not see, I understand SAS re- response. <laughs> But I cannot see how this language in LU1, LU2, and LU3 permits cottage, anything above whatever the land, the base density is, the number of dwelling units in a particular comprehensive plan area. The LU1, LU2, LU3, the link contain, all of them contain this basic language. The permitted base density for this description designation may not exceed six or 12 or 48 units per acre, dwelling units per acre. I do not see how the words may not exceed fits in with, I understand we've allowed it for ADUs, but I don't. The "do not exceed" language does not make sense when we're when the proposed code that I believe the planning commission is looking at exceeds six unit would six, exceed six units an acre. So I know that the previous sentence in LU one says that cottage housing is a permitted use. I think there needs to be if we're going to do this right. In the way I understand the comprehensive plan to the. I wasn't on the Planning Commission, so perhaps my colleagues can help me here. But my understanding, I teach the Constitution, I teach the federal laws, and there's a, the, to me, the comprehensive plan is the Constitution and then the federal law or is, the it has to follow what that Constitution says. And to me, the comprehensive plan is that sort of base document and the land use code cannot violate the comprehensive plan so please help me under help help me understand why we should not be looking at changing this language right now to I don't have the answer to what that should be um, I hope that the Planning Commission would figure this out but please help me
7: so generally it's it's staff's interpretation really it comes down to what base density means it's interpretation of what base is. For example in the low-density residential category the base density may not exceed six but the base is six and then in certain circumstances you can go above six units per acre perhaps with um, uh, amenities that benefit the public the, the health, safety, and welfare of the public, right? So the, the base density is six, and with certain circumstances, you may exceed that in certain cases.
1: And if base density was six, though, why would we have, from a theoretical point of view, that can be exceeded under certain circumstances, why then do we have R4 zoning? We do if, have minimum. If R4 is the base, <laughs> it is our it's base meaning minimum or maximum, Right. It can't <laughs> be. Bo- I don't think it, it can be
7: both. <laughs> right. It's not defined in in our code, so it really comes down to how that's that term is interpreted. But we do have minimum, like our we have a, a minimum density in the in the development regulations. There's a minimum, and then sometimes there's a maximum depending on the zone.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's what it is. <laughs> Um, But I think that to me this illustrates something that needs to be looked at. I mean more seriously over the next couple of this year or next year depending on where the council goes with that. Um, But I I think this language needs to be clarified, so there is non-interpretation here. To your point, it is being studied very heavily right now. Um, Yes. And the other question is thinking about and I, I hope I sent this question but I can't remember if I actually hit send but I if it, I didn't it's on me um, but look, looking at some of the legislation that the, ha- the legislature is working through right now is there anything that we as a city need to do now to get ahead of what the legislature is doing based on based on the certain current drafts or do you, and if you don't know please say you'll get back to me We'll get back to you. I'm not well-versed on the on the bills going through right now.
7: Okay. Thank you. To the specifics, no.
0: Thank you, ma'am. Ms. King, did you want to weigh in on that question? Uh,
2: I understand your questions, and I will certainly follow up. Um, I do believe that there's been some communication about some of the underlying language that you're pointing out in the comprehensive plan that uh, have, has been brought to the attention of the planning department for purposes of if we're doing some zoning changes in the future that might go above that density. I believe that to date the past interpretation has been that density is set at at the level that's being interpreted as what the base level is. Um, so I think there is further discussion occurring on that. As to anything that might happen at the legislature, it's going to kind of depend on how that law is passed, whether it would trump um, as it were some of the local comprehensive plans i'm not really sure how that's going to come out because if it's a mandatory density then i would think that would have to override some comprehensive plan restrictions otherwise people couldn't act unless they went through or they have to go through a comprehensive plan amendment if um, if the state legislature mandates so we don't really know where it's gonna come out at this point, but I do think we're keeping an eye on it.
0: Councillor McConnell. Yes.
3: Oh, thank you. Um, I have a lot of questions, actually, about uh, okay, these amendments, and most of them are private, so I actually wanna hear from people who were on the Planning Commission, because some of these look like they are reintroducing something that has already been discussed and put to bed, for example, the MUR 70 um, amendment number five. Um, what, is, what is that going to, what purpose will that serve to have it again on the docket when we have, I thought, a fairly robust discussion from the Planning Commission all the way to the Council? Uh, why, why would you want the Planning Commission to, Talk about it again. Let's just start with number five.
7: (laughs) I I think number five, the the distinction on this amendment is that the transition area requirements. Okay, I knew I was missing something. So the transition
3: between 70
7: to 45? No, um, uh, like parks and open space to 70 foot buildings. So the idea under this is that there have to be building setbacks and stepbacks when you're abutting or adjacent to open space.
3: Okay. So with that, to me, the council already voted on MUR 70 policies. And this is now going to make the whole development community wonder what's gonna happen. Having this on the docket for one, how many years? And um, And then if it's changed, what's that going to mean for the development community? Because you're asking them then to take away off of their project on their properties, correct? To to have these open spaces. Now, again, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, So I have some real issues with number five, let alone some other ones, but MUR 70 was vetted pretty thoroughly.
7: Yeah, and some of these, too, when, when they come in, it's this, this one is an example that may be better as a development code amendment, not really a, a goal or policy that should be in the comprehensive plan. So um, okay. usually if these are put on the docket, the staff works with the applicant to kind of revise the language to make it more of a, a policy or a goal, not so much a regulation, because in my mind, this is something that would, Come in as a development code amendment because it's more regulatory. So, um, meaning it's starting off from a private person
3: and you think it's going to go through more of a development process.
7: To me, it reads more of a proposed development regulation than perhaps that something that would exist in the comprehensive plan. But, um, okay, yeah, just.
3: You know, and I know you're just a spokesperson, but I still find that really alarming. Okay, so that's number five. Um, Private, number four, again initiated by by a, a citizen, talking about sea levels and restricting. I live in the water. I thought that was part of the shoreline master plan for the shoreline, not shoreline the city. Why I wouldn't want that to be separate is can you explain to me how this might not go the course that the private person thinks is going to go but it would wind up on a master plan discussion or or what?
7: Right study of number four could result in perhaps uh, amendments to the shoreline master program the shoreline of the Puget Uh Sound master program so there's Perhaps some implications there of um, any changes. And that
3: master plan doesn't come up for review every year. It's quite a long period. We've put it between
7: correct, which have to be approved by um, Department of Ecology.
3: Yeah, and it's really pretty rigorous.
7: Yeah, a lot of um, citizens involved, especially those that are in the areas of of our shorelines.
3: And 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 therefore, other than the people who live on that waterfront, there isn't any commercial development that could really happen that I know of unless you rezone Apple Tree Lane or 27th Avenue. So I'm I'm just concerned that that is really in conflict with it really needing to go the shoreline master plan route. So I'm not, I'm going to support that. Um, I've been on the council long enough, Uh, this is the most I've talked in a long time, but these things are important in that let's stop putting work that shouldn't be on a work or a, a working plan because what for the sake of just putting it on the plan um, you know is we have two former Planning Commission commissioners and I think they would probably um, say that sometimes what are we discussing this? For you know, and it, and it turns into not just one discussion, it's a round of discussions. So I would hope to hear from my colleagues who have been the, on the receiving end where this is our opportunity to really t- look at these amendments and not just wave them through just to be nice, but to really wonder whether this is the kind of work we want to create for staff and the Planning Commission. So at some point, I wouldn't even mind your opinion. On, on that, as a staff person, because uh, you know, on, on all these except for amendment number one, two to, two to seven. So, I have other notes, but I'm going to leave it up to other people to jump in because uh, we have enough experience with other people. If something on my notes doesn't get said, I'll, I'll ask again. But, I'd like to give everyone equal airtime. Thank you, Steve.
0: Other questions or comments? <coughs> okay. Council Member Moore. <laughs> I'm always looking the wrong way tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
8: <laughs> yeah. The rest, you can fix We, we yeah. point.
0: Yeah. We yeah. point.
8: Yeah. Uh, so the way I understood uh, how you discussed this, Mr. Saffron, was the Planning Commission and staff felt that amendments two through seven um, required discussion as part of the whole comprehensive plan update. And that was why it was being delayed to be discussed in a whole piece as opposed to necessarily a part of the piece. Could you make a comment, however? uh, You know, we've heard several comments that are are questioning that are these uh, policy issues or are they... um, goals, you know, nice-to-do things, and how that falls into the discussion of a comprehensive plan update in 2024.
7: Right. So for your first point, the Planning Commission, because none of these amendments have been evaluated, right, Um, so it's recommended that they join with the other public outreach we're going to do for the comprehensive plan and, and be evaluated all at, at one time um, <laughs> but um, looking at some of the amendments staff can see what the intent behind it is providing for example on number five is providing um, appropriate transitions between different types of uses, right? So it's it's um, evaluating what comes in and maybe rewording things to be more of a, a policy or something that we strive for. And then that gets translated in the development code to actually you shall be this distance away from these type of uses. So, um, and that's just, part of the update of the comprehensive plan. Um, but it was said that it's, it, since we're in the process of the major update, it, it's more um, efficient to look at everything, all the comments and suggestions together. So,
8: so maybe I can ask a uh, kind of a more concrete question. Amendment number two, birds and wildlife are sustained by a diversity of native trees and vegetation. How how does that work in this process? How 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 do you consider that as part of the comprehensive plan update?
7: Well, or, yeah. Looking forward, I think we're when comments come in, we're going to look to where would that fit best within a comprehensive plan. To me, look at the natural environment element of the comprehensive plan. We would see if there's existing goals and policies that. Um, either meet that or could be amended to kind of reflect the uh, sentiment behind amendment number two. So um, either a new policy could be created from that in that specific element, or another one could be reworked to kind of cap- capture those ideas.
8: Thank you, that was helpful.
0: Other questions or comments? Right, I'm going to go. Okay. Council Member Okay. All right. Let, let me go, and then we'll go back to Council Member Roberts. Um, but I, so I tried to be my own devil's advocate and figure out which one of these we should should move, right? Yeah. Given, given that we do give the public an opportunity every year, and this is a year, and they have an opportunity now, rather than waiting. But I couldn't really get my head around it. I mean, basically, I agree with Planning Commission and what I'm hearing with Council Members that these are all sort of bigger policy questions that we should debate in the context of everything else, and we're gonna do that in the comp plan update. So enacting something now, sort of out of context, might lead us to make a decision we regretted. It also would mean that we enacted this this year and then it was revisited next year, because we're gonna look at all this stuff anyway. So I I agree with Planning Commission recommendation. These are great thoughts, and where they fit, and which moves forward, I don't know, but I don't see a reason to burden the comp plan docket with them now. So, I mean, I basically, I agree with with Councilmember McConnell that, 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 that we, should, we should wait. And my only other comment is, Councilor Roberts, you, you raise an interesting question. That's never troubled me before. The idea of base density is something you can build on. I mean, I've always sort of like the base price of a car, right? Like, that's the price of the car. But if you make it different, then it costs more and you have different things on it. And I just don't, I'm not aware of any litigation where that's been a problem. And I don't have an intellectual problem with it but we find these interesting legal problems by thinking them through like this, and so I'm, I'm curious to what staff comes back with as to whether there is in fact a baked in concern and we might get sued at some point saying, no, 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 it says base density, you can't do this, versus going the other way around, which is saying the base density is much higher, but you can only reach it if you do certain things to get sued, right? That's, that's the other intellectual rubric you could approach under. So that said, I want hear from Councilmember Roberts, but I'm hearing basically all of us in agreement. However, this is a process, so I don't think we put this on consent ever, right? This just comes back. So it's up, up to the
5: council. Uh, right now it is scheduled as a consent item, oh, but okay. um, it is scheduled for two weeks out, so February 27th. Um, right now it's scheduled, obviously, as just the Planning Commission recommendation, so just the one item that is currently proposed for docketing, item number one. Um, but it's up to the council whether you want to use that as an action item or or adopt that on consent. Okay, let's hear from Council Member
0: Roberts and then I'll I'll ask council to
1: weigh in on whether we do it as consent or whether we have the discussion again. Thank you, Mayor. Um, To answer your point, one of the interesting things is that as we as a council have already deferred this amendment to 2024, which is the idea of looking at evaluating duplexes and triplexes in, in the city, that does for especially for the low density zone LU one. When you say something as a base density of six and units per acre, dwelling units per acre, and then you allow everything else, what does that mean? I mean, does that number meaningless <laughs> at that point? Um, so I mean, that's part of it. Is that and it's you as you uh, mentioned last year as well as when we discussed this. There is what do you, if you don't have it? What do you replace it with? and um so i think part of the discussion that i hope it happens is when we think about what does what do our residential what do we think about sort of our residential zones what do we want to say are we going to leave it blank and just say types of use or is it going to be something like are we do we actually want to have a a cap i mean i I see this more as a cap (laughs) and rather than anything else but um we need to have that. I think we need to have that policy discussion of what this means. Um, and especially, again, especially depending on things that may be out of our control. My question here, but my question though is um, we are having this public process over the next year, year and a half, from what is described. What is going, in our normal, in a normal year, we have a December 1st deadline for a conference plan amendment and that makes sense. It works with our process. It works with this timeline. We're going to have, I hope we have, members of the public commenting on the comprehensive plan throughout this entire cycle. Now, because we're doc I mean, in terms of sort of officially, we're just docketing next year, it's going to be the comprehensive plan. And so it's not really an issue. But for the public, are some of these sort of soft deadlines of if you want something to be evaluated or discussed, is that something that's going to be communicated? Because there is no, not going to be an official time, December 1st is not going to be a cutoff this year uh, for comprehensive plan amendments. So I mean if people propose the, I mean if these amendments came in today they'd be part of, (laughs) rather than before December 1st we'd be looking at them throughout the uh, entire cycle and that we would, as a council, we would not be having this debate of whether they should be evaluated or not. The Planning Commission is going to review all of these, or at least I presume that the Planning Commission is going to be reviewing all the suggestions that are being made. So is there something you can sort of share to the public and to the council now about what kind of, what is this process going to look like in terms of suggestions and is there not, do, do we really have a December 1st date this year? So the
7: the almost final public participation plan put together does have uh, many phases of public outreach and and opportunities to comment, really opportunities to comment, will be open the whole time. But there's um, different check-in points with the public, what comments we've gotten, how we've responded to those. So that's gonna be laid out in, in the public participation plan we'd like to have that open, you know, the, the entire time until the adoption of the plan um, December or fall, winter of twenty twenty four. I mean it's under it's my understanding that if you're doing a major update or a, or um, um, almost like an emergency um,
1: I think some area plans are
7: covered. Yeah, that you can you know um there wouldn't be a deadline. Those comments would all be considered with with the major update of the plan. So there wouldn't be a cutoff. Thank you.
2: And I would like to point out the public participation plan will be coming to the council for approval. So um, you will be able to provide input on what that public participation plan looks like. And part of that is how we take information and comments and how the public participates Um, So that's going to be that's going to be an opportunity to also take a look at that when it comes before you.
1: So quickly very likely we're not going to be advertising (laughs) December 1st cutoff this year. It's going to be provide your comments to the comprehensive plan, provide your comments to the comprehensive plan Uh, up until adoption. Early and often and as much as we can get it out. So yeah. Okay.
7: Thank you. Thank you Mayor. Any other questions or comments?
0: All right. Um, Is there any disagreement with putting this on as a consent calendar item adopting the Planning Commission recommendation? Okay. All right. Acceptable? Okay. And that is our only study item for tonight. So we're in recess. We will not be present next week, uh, but the week following. Thank you all. Thanks. We're adjourning.
5: To 12 p.m. there will be a planting party at Twin Ponds Park and on Monday January 16th from 10 a.m.